You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Welcome to episode 108 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. As always, I am coming to you from the Gulf Coast of Pensacola, Florida. Coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing a new dynamic or a new element that I'll be adding to this podcast. Uh, Once a month, I'm going to be doing a roundtable discussion episode where I invite one or two friends on to discuss a topic of my choosing. And with the Money in the Bank pay-per-view being this week, I thought it would be perfect to do a wrestling roundtable discussion with my friends Adam Gumbert and Nick Caputo. And wrestling has been something that I've been interested in since I was 12. And in recent years, that interest has kind of waned a little bit because of work and having other things to do. And honestly, with the product not being as good as it used to be, I would still keep up with it, but if I missed a Raw or SmackDown, it wouldn't be the end of the world. It wasn't must-see TV like it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. But over the last couple of months, uh, I've really started to rediscover my interest for wrestling. I've found myself watching the Raw replays on Hulu+, Plus, watching highlights from WWE.com, actually watching all the pay-per-views, watching all the stuff on WWE Network. So I wanted to have uh, Adam and Nick on just to have a wrestling roundtable discussion, ask them what got them interested in wrestling, who are some of their favorites, what was their favorite era in wrestling, what do they think of wrestling today, just things like that. And it was it's a really fun discussion, and I know that I've got other roundtable discussions planned out for the next couple of months that hopefully you guys will enjoy. But for all you wrestling fans, this episode will definitely be for you. And I thank Adam and Nick once again for uh, taking the time to come on the show just to, to shoot the breeze with me about wrestling. But before we get to that, let me tell you about my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are an indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida. And they are very important to this podcast. And that's because they supply the theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is Twin Peaks from their album Murder Mystery Night, which you can now find for free on Bandcamp. Just go to Bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers, and you can find Murder Mystery Night for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also find their EP Atomics on iTunes and Spotify for only $2.97. You can follow them on social media. They're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to check out their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is the Wrestling Roundtable discussion with Adam Gumbert and Nick Caputo. Sitting here with my two very special guests this week, two friends of the Nerd Cave Network, and now they're on here to uh, discuss one of our favorite mutual topics, and that is the world of professional wrestling. I have uh, the pride of Crookstown, Minnesota, Nick Caputo. Nick, how you doing? Doing good, man. How about you? Doing good, doing good. And also we have uh, Adam Gumbert on the line. Adam, how you doing? Pretty good. I hope everyone's doing good out there. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So we we've been talking about this idea. We've been knocking it around for uh, for a few weeks now. Um, we've both, all three of us, love wrestling. We've loved wrestling for quite a while. And I wanted to really start off by asking you guys because I'm not entirely sure, but um, how did you guys get into wrestling? Like, how long have you watched it, and what was the reason that you got into it? So I, the first kind of wrestling memory that I have would be being young, I mean, four or five years old, Saturday morning, I remember just watching it with my dad and my cousin. And it was Saturday morning, and it was Dusty Rhodes in that, in that like, bumblebee outfit that he used to wear and talking all goofy. But I, I really started watching it when I was about five, six years old. Just absolutely loved it. My dad would get us all the pay-per-views. We'd get a bunch of family over, all my cousins, and we just watched the hell out of it, and we just loved it. For me personally, uh, you know, I'm a millennial, <laughs> born in 1990. So in 99 to 2001, perfect age for wrestling, Attitude Era, greatest time. In, in, here in the history of wrestling, it was a perfect time to be a kid at that age. You know, watch The Rock, Stone Cold. You know, it was just the Attitude Era. Everyone loved it. Um, fell off for a couple years, and then the network came out. And once the network came out and I could get pay-per-views for $10 a month and watch all the old stuff, I was back in it. I've been back in it for past three years. Um, yeah, I'm still loving it. forgot how much I loved it, and uh, it's great to be back. That's what I tell people, that the network is just so good. Like Even if you're not a fan of wrestling today – you can pay ten dollars a month to watch, you know, old Raws, old Smackdowns, old Monday Nitros, or even, you know, back farther with like NWA stuff, their old pay per views, the world class. It has it has pretty much everything. And I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, Adam. I was introduced to it um I was twelve years old in February of nineteen ninety eight. My uncle uh, had been watching wrestling like his entire life. He grew up watching like Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes in the NWA days, and uh, he he was like, you know, you you should you should check this out. I think you would like it. And I remember the first time I ever watched wrestling was WCW Nitro, and the NWO was wreaking havoc. They were you know, beating the crap out of everybody, and then this guy in a in white face paint and a black trench coat comes down from the rafters and just takes them all out by himself. And, of course, I'm talking about Sting. So and, good. And then if, from there, I eventually started watching um, WWE or WWF, it was known at the time, and got into, like, Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, Chris Jericho when he went to WWE, Degeneration X. And it was just such a fun time. And I actually wish that I would be the age that I am now, at the time that the Attitude Era was going on, because I would have gone to every single show they would have had in this area. <laughs> Absolutely. Right there with you. Yeah, and, and who were um, who were some of your guys' favorites, uh, like, when you started watching? Like, who were you instantly drawn to, and, like, who were some of your all-time favorites? When I was younger, I mean, I started off with, like, Hulk Hogan, The Warrior, Big Boss Man, stuff like that. And now, kind of rewatching all that older stuff, I can. I, my son loves. He's five. We've been watching it together again on the network, like you guys said. It's been bringing me back into it. But 
I can hardly even stand the wall chop Hogan anymore. Just a one trick pony. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's almost hard to watch those old, old, old stuff that I used to just love. But um, those are some of my favorites. And then when I got a little bit older and the Attitude Era came in, it was obviously The Rock, DX. And I was always a, a WWE, WWF fan. And my cousin used to love WCW. And I never watched WCW until that NWO thing started happening. And then I would flip back and forth during the Monday Night, the Monday Night Wars. And then I just started to appreciate all of it. And then I really got into be like a huge fan. Yeah, for me, um, back in that day, like I said, The Rock was... I mean, The Rock might be the most interesting man alive. Because that guy was... Everyone wanted to be The Rock. That guy was amazing. But uh, I had a strange affinity for the Dudley Boys. No idea why. But I really, really liked those guys. And, oh, the Dudleys uh, are great. Yeah, I just like... I don't... I was a child, and I was like, I don't understand these people. But I love these guys. They're crazy. But, uh, I mean, now that I've gotten into it, now that I'm older... I mean, I pretty much know that entire roster top to bottom. And it's just, I have more of an appreciation for the work and the athleticism that these guys put in. I mean, because you know, you're on the road, you know, almost like 300 days out of the year working hard. So I have certain favorites, but I just appreciate all the work that all these guys do together. But back when I was a kid, The Rock and for some reason The Dudleys. I like it. Yeah, the, the Dudleys, did you ever see any of their ECW stuff? Um, yes, a little bit of it. I don't remember much because, you know, I was a very small child, but really good stuff. I do remember some of the craziness that they were going through. You should go on YouTube. I don't know if this is on the network, but it will definitely be on YouTube. They would incite riots at ECW shows. Like, that's how hated they were. Like, they would spend 10, 15 minutes before their matches, and they would just, like, heckle the crowd. Like, they would throw around, like, personal insults. And there would be fans that would try and climb the guardrails to, you know, beat the shit out of the Dudleys. Dude, like, that's what wrestling's <laughs> all about. That, that's that's how good they were. And like the closest thing we've seen to it was when um, when Jericho kind of reinvented himself and got away from like the Y2J thing, and he started wearing the suits, and he was just, you know, a giant douchebag. He actually would like get fans to want to fight him. And he would even be like confronted in the parking lot, and uh, they would want an autograph. And he would, you know, he'd never turn that character off, and he'd be like, "No." And then fans would, you know, heckle him and throw stuff at him. But that—that's how committed he was. And it's something you don't really see because everyone really kind of knows that it's just a TV show. But I kind of miss that, you know. Blurring the lines of reality and fiction, like, yeah, you know it's a story, but when something happens where you're like, okay, that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, that was a regular thing in, in the Attitude Era, but you don't really see that much of it now. No, not too much. Yeah, that was a different time. It was a better time. Absolutely. Um, what about uh, some of your favorite storylines? Because that, that's really kind of what drives... Um, what drives wrestling is, you know, some people watch it for the actual wrestling itself, but some watch to see the stories develop. What are some of the storylines that, like, you guys either grew up watching or maybe some even newer ones uh, that you guys like? One that really caught my attention when I was, was younger is when Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, the Rockers, 
I remember them being a champ or take team championship team and them going on. I don't remember who showed like Brutus, the barber beefcake show or something like that. And Sean turning heel and kicking him through the barber shop Mm -hmm. and kind of watching that progress. That's like the first instance that I really kind of got, like really got into a storyline. And then my obvious favorite is the Vince McMahon Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's, uh, it doesn't get any better than that to me. Definitely a good one. Uh, for me, like I said, I, can, I was a child, so I can only remember a little bit, snips of hidden here and there. The newer storylines, there's some good ones in there. There's not all great, but it's not as bad as some people make it out to be. I just remember a promo of it was going to be, I think, a six-man Hell in a Cell, or it might have been Armageddon. It was the pay-per-view back then when The Rock, um, I know Stone Cold was in it. Triple H was in it. Rikishi, I think, was in that match. Mm -hmm. And The Rock just mocks and makes faces at every... It's on YouTube, (laughs) and it's probably the greatest moment of five minutes of wrestling ever because it's just so good. And you understand why that guy is just so charismatic. I mean, he just... just, It's just a roast session for every one of those guys. Um, That was really good. And then, I mean, now, like I said, there's really... There are some really good things nowadays. Like when Punk and John Cena had like that title feud for like a year i actually kind of really because i just really i really miss punk more than anything i agree but um i actually don't hate the authority some people do and i really like the shield like i guess stables the storyline with you know groups of wrestlers um i kind of dig it um it just brings a lot to it when you have multiple personalities out there you know having fun like evolution versus the shield was pretty good right before seth rollins turned heel um you know, there's a lot of really good ones, but just that rock moment back when I was younger, I, I'll never forget. That's like look it up on YouTube. It's probably the best thing ever. It's definitely one of my favorite uh, rock promos, and I remember that night uh, the Rock fought, I think Stone Cold, in the main event, and Austin just beat the shit out of him <laughs> for for doing that. But I was like, but it it was it, it that was one of the better promos. I mean, there are so many great rock promos i mean we could do probably an entire podcast dedicated on like how good the rock really was like i was always a stone cold guy but i will say that as far as just pure talking if you were to make like a a mount rushmore of promo cutters in wwe the rock would be the first guy i would put on it i would put him uh dusty Rhodes, rick flair and stardust Eh. I'm, clear. yeah, I'm clearly joking. I'm clearly uh, joking. <laughs> I will say, was, I agree with the first year, first three for sure. Uh, who who would you guys put as the fourth? Oh, as far as a talker, hmm. did you you didn't say Triple H, did you? I did not. I kind of like Triple H. I like Triple H when he was in DX, but then like once he kind of split off on his own, like he had his moments, but he was never really like a favorite for me. But of course, you know, when him and Shawn Michaels uh, reunited as DX and like, I think it was 2006, I was a fan of his again. Absolutely. Uh, fourth person. Um, I mean, there are so many good ones. I mean, Roddy Piper's up there. Um, I, I guess maybe I would put Austin as the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think the rock and Rhodes at the top is definitely a solid, top two like for sure like those guys 
probably the best. Macho Man was good too. That's true. That is true. Macho Man was uh, very, very good. So, and that, that's kind of a, a mini shout out to Zach if if he's listening because he's a huge uh, Macho Man fan. The biggest shame about, as far as us as fans go, whenever he passed away, I mean, it was obviously you know I felt terrible for like his family and and all the fans and everything, but I was like, we're never gonna get to see a Randy Savage Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. That would have been so good. Oh, another one. You know. Oh, go ahead, Nick. No, uh, I was just going to say, bringing up Macho Man and kind of, I touched on earlier that my son's five and we've been going back and watching that, the older stuff. And we were just watching, uh, it was Macho Man and Warrior in a retirement match. And he had, Macho Man had sensational Sherry um, as his, as his lady, and then um, Elizabeth comes out, and it just hit me. Like I knew they were all passed; they all had passed away. But all four of them in the ring were all gone. And like the more and more that I watch that older stuff, the sadder that I get how young these guys are, and it just breaks my heart because they were all my idols, and I, I just loved it. And there's not too many of them left anymore from when I was a kid. That's true. I mean, I there's a wrestling podcast that I listen to, and one of the the hosts because they're both like older guys, and they've been watching wrestling since I think the late 70s. They actually threw out the stat that I think it's like WrestleMania four or five, where like three fourths of the wrestlers who competed at that event are all gone. It's just yeah, sad. and that. That's, that's, it's just crazy to think about because I know, um, Adam, you, you said you started watching in like the early 2000s, so you were still relatively new when the whole Chris Benoit thing happened. Oh, the person who could not be named, right? Yeah, he, he who must not be named. And it's like I remember watching WrestleMania 20 when him and Eddie Guerrero, two real-life best friends, both won you know, their – respective world championships and they're hugging in the ring and confetti's falling and like that was my favorite mania moment because i knew that it was real the emotion they were showing was real but we'll never see it again because of what chris benoit did it's sad here i mean it's like every year it's like three or four guys or or ladies they're just i don't know what it is they just keep going out and i'm just it's really sad because they're really not even that old I mean, China was only 45 when she died. That's, I mean, that's kind of the age for it. I mean, it's that kind of late 30s into the 40s that most of them go. Yeah, because I think Mr. Perfect was in his mid-40s when he passed away back in, I think, 2002 or 2003. He had just come back for like a, a mini run in WWE. Like, I remember he was in the Royal Rumble and he was around for like a month or two after that, and then less than a year later, I see on the internet that he's passed away. Yes, if you, uh, any wrestling fans, want to feel these emotions, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke, it's it's, it's this kind of a thing, and it's it, it hits pretty hard. Yeah, that's a great movie. It is a very, very good movie. But uh, one of the, the craziest, like to me, the biggest 
you know, wrestling tragedy is the whole Chris Benoit thing, just because you know, it involved the death of his wife and their, at that time, seven-year-old child. But it was also something that really kind of changed wrestling. Like, it's never been the same since then. Like, to me, when that happened, that was the day that wrestling as we knew it died. Because so many changes happened, you know, with the wellness policy, which I think is a good thing. But just, it it has seemed so different since then. Well, yeah, well, I think, I mean, that they, I mean, they related it to the brain injuries and, and concussions and all that. I mean, obviously he wasn't, he wasn't healthy at the time, but I mean, no chairs and stuff and really, really no blood anymore. Is there? I don't think that's allowed anymore. Is it? Unless you're Brock Lesnar. No, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I mean, you, it all changed and he had such a good, I mean, whatever he did, horrible thing. But now everything that he did before that is just, it's a race from history. You just don't talk about it. Yeah, and it's its a shame because I do agree that, you know, he he shouldn't be put in like a Hall of Fame or anything because if you bring that up, the first thing that's going to come to everyone's mind is not his career, but it's what happened the last two or three days of his life. And there are even still, like, I'll go on, you know, uh, pages on Facebook or, you know, like, fan forums or things like that and people will still say oh Chris Benoit should be put in the Hall of Fame because you know he had such a great career and I'm like it's it's about more than that I mean it's like with the whole China thing when Triple H went on Stone Cold's podcast and said yeah if you were to base it entirely on her career she would absolutely go in the Hall of Fame but if you google China the first thing that comes up isn't going to be her WWE career it's going to be the fact that she was addicted to drugs and did a lot of pornography the last several years of her life. Well, weren't they worried also of putting her up on stage and what she would say? Yeah, that is part of it. And what's weird is after she passed away, Stephanie McMahon did an interview and she was like, oh, China will absolutely go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, she I mean, deserves to be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she was, she was, you know, one of those pioneers with women's wrestling. Because I mean, she would, she would be bigger than some of the guys that she would beat up. Because I remember her in that uh, Royal Rumble, and she's, you know, standing next to Stone Cold, and she's not much smaller than he is. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things, like, it's just sad to see because you're like, you don't know who's going to go next. Because I remember, like, being shocked when, like, Dusty Rhodes passed away last year. Yeah. And then, you know, China died this year. Uh, Roddy Piper died last year, too. So it's it also makes you feel old. Yeah. And the thing is, on the, the latest pay-per-view of just how bad... I mean, I know that he's recuperating right now, but just how bad even Bret Hart looks right now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so happy that he beat prostate cancer, but whenever I saw him, I'm like he he still doesn't look well. No, he doesn't, and it's that guy has been through so much. Like he had, you know, that stroke in the early 2000s. He got kicked in the head by Goldberg, and that ended his career because he had uh, post concussion syndrome. And then he, you know, 
beat prostate cancer, which, like I said, I'm very happy that he did. But he, he well, is, and then even Owen and, and Bulldog too. Yeah that that whole family is they have dealt with a lot of tragedy. And to me, one of the biggest shames is that um, the reason why Owen Hart hasn't been put in the Hall of Fame yet is because his widow still blames WWE for his death. Because she yeah, has, no, she ultimately no, no. has the rights to all his stuff. Okay. See, now I, I guess I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I understand why people, you know, don't like the PG era, but I guess it's kind of like in the NFL when all these old timers, you know, they're all dying at 50 years old. We might not like it, but for the for the benefit of these athletes, you know, you kind of got to do what you got to do to protect them because you don't want to like we don't want. You know, our kids now who are young watching it growing up and like, I don't know, John Cena's dead at 50 and Roman Reigns overdosed at 45 or you don't want anything like that. So, you know, PG's not our favorite thing, but I understand it. And I kind of hate seeing this stuff happen to these guys. That's true. And yeah. that's, that's actually a very good uh, segue because that is one thing I wanted to, to talk about. All three of us have watched wrestling for a pretty good while now, and a lot of people – you know, don't like or even so much as hate the way wrestling is now. Um, how would you guys? Com- I guess maybe comparing it isn't really fair, but what what do you guys think of the current WWE product? All right, well, I'll get real deep into this with you right now. Now, hold on. All right, so <laughs> I understand the it's the PG thing, and people don't always like that. I get it. It's it's safety concerns. Like I said, it's like the NFL. You can't can't touch a guy anymore in the NFL. Same thing. But as for the actual talent on the roster, it's probably the best we've ever had. I mean, just like Nick was saying earlier, like you go back and watch old Hulk Hogan, you know, I mean, that was like 50 years ago or whatever, but not super interesting, not that great. I mean, the talent that we have now, there, if you just watch it as an actual wrestling match, you know, some people care more about story, that's fine. These guys are absolutely amazing. And... I mean, there's really no arguing that. They've got the best talent from around the world. You know, they bring them through NXT, which I think is probably the greatest the greatest thing you could have created, getting these guys ready. You know, they're training with the legends. They're training with, you know, their peers. They're figuring out how to be on TV and how to talk as best as they can. You know, they're honing their craft. And it's in the ring, I feel like it's definitely worked out. Um, you know, as it comes story-wise, a lot of people don't, People know that Vince McMahon has the final word on everything. It's kind of why, you know, certain champions don't go over. It's because they're like, that's Vince's guy. So, you know, they don't accept it, which is fine. The fans can do whatever they want. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, NXT is pretty much Triple H's, you know, baby. And if you watch NXT, it, I, I feel like he's, I mean, pretty the entire roster is filled with NXT guys now. And, you know, we get our, you know, your AJ Styles, the guys who've done it for years and was overseas. And like I said, storylines are here and there. I mean, if you go back and watch the old stuff, it wasn't all perfect. You know, we don't really have a rock at the moment. But I feel there's a lot of really good, like, A minus, B plus kind of guys. And to actually go to an event and watch it and actually watch a, like, a good pay per view when everyone's healthy, I, I feel like it's, you know, I feel like it's good. I don't. I have nothing to complain about my ten dollars a month. I feel like it's worth it, and I enjoy it personally. You know, that's just my idea. Not everyone loves it, but I. I just say, look at what's out there in the ring, 
and look at some other stuff, some older stuff, and tell me that's not amazing. No, I agree. Um, you know, I haven't, up until this WrestleMania, I haven't watched really any of it. And uh, right when I watched WrestleMania, just the, the stuff that these guys are doing, I mean, I can't say that I, I, I haven't watched enough where I know the storylines yet, but just the things that these guys are doing is leaps and bounds above what I'm used to. And what was the last pay-per-view? Uh, payback. Payback. That Kevin that Kevin Owens match against that other, I don't even remember his name. Uh, Sami Zayn. That was, I don't know, I texted you right away after that match, Derek. That was one of the best matches I've ever watched in, for a very long time. I mean, right now, like you said, it's a, it's a great time to be watching because these guys these guys are crazy. It's, I love what they're doing. I'm not full in with the story, but I, I I really don't have a complaint with it either. I I enjoy watching it. I can watch it with my son, which I do enjoy because that Attitude Era. I wouldn't let my son watch that, but he can watch this with me. And even even my fiance, she used to watch that old wrestling too. She even enjoys it. So it's it's a good family night for us to sit and watch wrestling. So. I can't complain about the PG stuff myself. What's cool is I think uh, WWE is actually going to like uh, shrink the wait time to stream like Raw and SmackDowns on the network because like they they usually are available I think like a week or two weeks after, but I think they're yeah. going to start putting it out like a couple of days after at least. Yeah, that's I think what it's I read. a month. I think Raw yeah, the network right now. Yeah, the network is bad with Raw Smack. The way I do it, if anyone is interested, get Hulu. It's up the next day. It's a 90-minute version, but I kind of like them cutting the fat because there's some stuff you, it doesn't really matter. Get Hulu, watch it the day after, and then watch the pay-reviews on uh, the network is how I do it anyways. Exactly. Now, I, I totally agree that the the product, like the in-ring product is – probably the best it's ever been like out of all the new guys i think kevin owens is my favorite just because he reminds me of like an old school heel where he's just you know he's kind of dry in his delivery but he's you know he's a heel but he's kind of funny in a way like i think it was this past week he was actually doing commentary and he was just he was so good on it and i'm like this guy can be a commentator when he's finished wrestling and the the feud with him and uh, Sami Zayn that they had in NXT was really good. Like NXT, I actually enjoy more than Raw right now because like they have guys like you know Finn Balor who I think is really really good in the ring, and I love his you know demon character and the the entrance that he does. It's kind of like a, an Undertaker type thing, but with a a different twist on it. And then you know Samoa Joe, who I've loved since he was in TNA. Um, something that I think has gotten leaps and bounds better is the women's wrestling. Oh, so much better. Yeah. Like the, like Sasha Banks, Bailey, uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, like they're, they're all good. Like I can watch any match with a combination of those, uh, of those four. And I know I'm going to get a good match out of it. Yeah, I mean, go back to, uh, is it NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, 
where uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey had the 30-minute Iron Woman match. Oh, so good. The One of the best matches of the year, straight up. Absolutely. And I, I do agree with Nick that whole uh, – because I didn't get to see it live, but I went back and watched the owens Zane match um, the, from Payback. Match of the year so far, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Kevin Owens is us if we were wrestlers. I'm convinced that he's just a giant fan that got really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> he gets it. He just gets how to be a heel. He's just a jerk, and but he's great on the mic. He's just he's me if I had the talent. That's what it is. Exactly. Now, talking with the newer product, there is uh, the person who is currently the champion right now, uh, Mr. Roman Reigns, gets uh, a mixed reaction to say the least, why do you think he is not being well-received by the fans? Uh, Nick, do you have something to say, or I can speak on it? Well, from from the little that I've seen of him, I just, he has no charisma. He, he just, he doesn't have a whole bunch to say to me, and it's just, it's just he's not that interesting of a character to me. But, like I said, I just kind of got back into it, but that's my kind of fresh take on it. Yeah, I mean, Roman is, like I said, everyone knows he's Vince's chosen one. And that's a lot of the reason that people push back. Because when Roman Reigns was, used to be, I guess he was kind of a heel with the Shield. Uh, they weren't really good or bad guys. Roman was, everyone loved everyone in that group. He was so over. The minute they tried to force the championship on him, the fans turned on him. I mean, Roman is, like I said, he's not very charismatic. But neither is Brock Lesnar. He just has Paul Heyman talk for him, and everyone still loves Brock Lesnar. I mean, he's a very good wrestler. I mean, if you watch that match at Payback against AJ Styles, that was a good match. He's really, really good. It's just, yeah, people just... I mean, it's the same thing with John Cena when he comes out. Everyone knows that he's the most popular wrestler on the roster, and then you have half the crowd saying he sucks, half the crowd saying he's amazing. I feel it's kind of the same thing, but there's a little more hate for Roman because maybe they feel he doesn't deserve it. I'm not sure. I like Roman. You know, he's good. He's, he's a big dude who can power through people. I get it, but, you know, I respect him, but it's because he was forced on us and everyone is just fighting back against it. Because we did have a championship, everyone loved him, but the minute he had he had it, oh, no, we won't have that. Yeah, I remember when he won the Royal Rumble last year and The Rock helped him and the crowd was still booing him and there's that screenshot of The Rock where he looks like, oh, no. He's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but the year before that, when it was him against Batista in the final two, everyone was going crazy for Roman to beat Batista. But then a year, look at what a difference a year makes, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't hate Roman Reigns. I mean, part of it is because, you know, he's from here. And I think it's kind of cool anytime the, the ring announcer says from Pensacola, Florida. And I'm like, oh, he's from here. And like, you know, he, he played, uh, or he went to high school here. And uh, I I like him, but I think he's still got a ways to go before he's really, you know, the top guy. I think he needs to have, like, a solid heel run. Like, he needs to turn heel at some point, but if he holds the championship for, like, several months and is just this really, you know, badass heel, I think that will get people to warm up to him more. Yeah, they've been needing to turn heel for a while. Say again, Nick. I said, how could you? I mean, you guys know much more about this new stuff than I do, but with the storyline that they're kind of hitting with AJ, how could you get him to to 
I mean, what would be a good scenario for him to turn heel? I think they missed out on a good opportunity by like just having him in the end side with the authority, and then Triple H picks him as you know his his new chosen one, kind of like in the role that Seth Rollins was. Like I think they could have done a swerve similar to what they did with The Rock uh, way back in the day when The Rock was fighting against uh, Vince McMahon. And this was when the corporation was just starting to form. Uh, there was a tournament at Survivor Series in 98 for the vacant championship. And the finals was The Rock against Mankind. And Mankind was kind of like, you know, Vince McMahon's, you know, chosen one or whatever. He was like, he wanted to be loved by Vince McMahon. So he did this whole makeover. He got his hair cut. He wrestled in a suit. And tried to have that, you know, clean cut championship image. It was it was awesome. It was a really good storyline. But then they turn on him and help The Rock win the championship, and The Rock became instead of the people's champion, he was the corporate champion. And not saying, you know, Roman Reigns is as charismatic as The Rock and can cut promos like him, because to me no one else can. But no. I think I think they missed out on an opportunity to maybe do some type of swerve where he became the new the authority's new boy. But as far as how they would do it now, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it will happen anytime within the next couple of months. I mean, they might save it for SummerSlam just to have that bigger stage to do something like that. Like to me, I would love to see a heel Roman against a face Seth Rollins. For, oh, the cha- so good. for the championship, because Seth Rollins really grew on me towards the end of his run before he got hurt, because he is so fun to watch in the ring. Absolutely. I mean, the only real way you could turn him, can you turn him heel now? I mean, he's on his way. Like he goes out there, kind of talks smack, you know, kind of beats the shit out of AJ Styles with chairs and stuff. The only way that I think the crowd would believe it is if he turned on Dean. If he turns on Dean, people are definitely going to get to go against Roman Reigns, and maybe that's what they need to do. I mean, I've been waiting for it to happen forever. I swear to God it's going to happen every time they're out there together, but he won't ever do it. That might be the way to do it. Yeah, I think that's part of WWE just saying, well, we'll turn him whenever we're ready, not when you guys tell us to do it. Because yeah, they, they are guilty of doing that sometimes. Um. What are some uh, dream matches that you guys would like to see? Like maybe like pick one that could still happen, and one that will never happen that you would have loved to have seen. How about you go, there? I got to pick on this, my man. Okay, um, one that would not happen that I would have loved to have seen, and this is going to be kind of a cliche answer, but it would have been Sting against the Undertaker. Oh, so good. Just because the videos and the promos would have been unbelievable. And of course, you know, it was it was rumored to happen like way back at WrestleMania 27 because I actually had this whole like fantasy booking thing, which I, I, I can give like a Reader's Digest version. This is how I would have ended, you know, Undertaker's career. I would have had him retire undefeated, but he would have retired a lot earlier than... I mean, he hasn't retired yet, but I, I would, if I were him, I would have retired after I went 20 and 0, because you're still putting on good matches. This is before your health really starts to decline, and I think 20 and 0 is a nice round number to end your streak. 
instead of fighting Triple H at WrestleMania 27, I would have had I would have brought Sting in to fight the Undertaker. What I would have done was I would have had Undertaker return, you know, give this whole big thing, and then the lights go out. You hear the crow caw, and then the lights come back on, and Sting's in the ring with the baseball bat in his hand. He points it at the Undertaker's face and then turns to the WrestleMania sign and then points to it. And that's how you get that whole <laughs> that's how you get that whole storyline going. And then That sounds amazing. They they fight, they have a really good match, but Undertaker ends up winning. So then he goes nineteen and zero. The following year, Undertaker comes out and announces that this is gonna be his last WrestleMania, that it's his time to ride off in the sunset. And this may not be the popular choice, but I think just because he is like the face of the WWE now, I would have had his last match be against John Cena. Because that would have been the marquee match. It would have been, you know, the legendary Undertaker against the current face of the WWE. And plus that's one match where people would people on the internet would be like, I will never watch WWE again if John Cena beats the Undertaker. <laughs> right. That would have caused like so much attention. And then I would have had, you know, a lot of, you know, near falls and close finishes, but Undertaker would win, go twenty and zero, and then he would retire and get put in the Hall of Fame next year. It's, it's it's simple simple logic, but I mean they were close to getting Sting for that year, but I guess he changed his mind at the last minute, and then he came in and lost to Triple H, which really pissed me off. But that's a that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> but um, as far as dream matches that I would like to see happen now, I would love to see maybe like a, a Brock Lesnar against um, like a Kevin Owens. You know, like a, a with I don't know who would be the good guy though, because you're actually gonna get that match though. Say again. You're getting that match in uh that house show in uh Hawaii for uh, Kevin Owens Brock Lesnar. No shit. Uh huh. Pretty sure it was on the docket. Well, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be interesting to see how they work that because uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Who's the bad guy there? Absolutely, and. I'll say this just, and I'll quit talking after this. But Paul Heyman is so good. As he a might be on that Mount Rushmore of talkers. You you might be right. You very well could be right. But that those are those are my two. I'll just kind of. I was just kind of thinking when Derek was talking um, about the new. They're talking about making the Andre the Giant movie. So I was kind of thinking of someone I'd like Andre the Giant to go, his size. So I'm going to say Andre the Giant in like a, a big show match. Because I loved Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant was great. There's actually a, um, a graphic novel that I'm reading. It's an Andre the Giant autobiography, but it's told in graphic novel form. Ooh. It's so good. I remember you talking about that on... Uh, Time for Comics? Comic time. I forget the... Time for comics. I'm sorry. Oh, it's and all I good. Uh, looked on Amazon for that, and I'm going to be ordering that soon. Sweet. So Andre versus Big Show would be your your dream match that would never happen. Yeah, I'm going to go with that one. I, I like it. Battle of the Giants. That that's that would be like an old school match. That would be that'd awesome. Be an, that'd be an old school one. I like it. 
Okay. I've got a a current one and a past one that might happen. Now, I'm a sucker for gimmick matches. I love ladder matches with seven or six guys in the ring. I love elimination chambers. I love all that nonsense. So, a match that will never happen, you take all the creepiness or the, the demonic characters in the WWE, put them in a Hell in a Cell match. I'm thinking like a Mankind, um, a Bray Wyatt, maybe a, a Demon Finn Balor, and either probably The Undertaker in like a four-man Hell in a Cell match. I'm not sure how you book that, how you make it happen. I just want to see all the creepy guys in a Hell in a Cell match. Like that seems... No Boogeyman? Oh, God, you're right. You know, he's <laughs> Boogeyman is underneath the ring. I was going to include him, but five would be too much. Put him underneath the ring to screw somebody at the end. Uh, that Something that WWE really missed out on was selling Boogeyman gummy worms. God, that's, uh, I can't believe they didn't do that. <laughs> they would have done that nowadays. They would have made so much money. <laughs> I would have loved that, but yeah. And then for my other one, whew, I'm trying to think. I definitely want to, for a, like a current roster one, I would like a like an NXT Champions match. So I'm not sure what it's for. Like I said, I don't know what the storyline is. I just want to see... Like a Kevin Owens NXT champion, Sami Zayn NXT champion, Seth Rollins. Um, I guess you could throw Samoa Joe in there now. Just get all those, all the talent they brought up from NXT, the best of the best, and put them in. Maybe an Elimination Chamber makes more sense. I'm not really sure. Just put them in a match, just to show off like what, where these guys have came from and what they've been able to do. You know, with you know with NXT and moving these guys up. Um, because uh, like I said, like like you said, I think NXT is amazing. Those guys are really really good, and they're going to be the ones making the company go for the next you know foreseeable future. So giving those guys, you know, showcasing, you know, that they all came from the same place and they're all going toward the same goal, I would be really into that match. And then uh, I mean, I like Shinsuke Nakamura. He hasn't won it yet, but just put him in there just because I like that guy. He's awesome. Absolutely. Another good one would be like an old school hardcore match between uh, Dean Ambrose and Cactus Jack. Oh yeah, Ooh. and he actually gets to use the weapons these time. Yeah, that I, I didn't think I didn't expect too much from that no holds barred match between Lesnar and Ambrose, just because they're so restricted on stuff they could do. Yeah. But even then, like they still did a couple of cool things, but it could have been uh, it could have been so much better. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect a chainsaw to be used in a match, but I think the barbed wire baseball bat could have been used a little bit. Come on now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last question I wanted to ask you guys before we get out of here. Who headlines the WWE Hall of Fame in 2017? Oh, man. Ooh, I need a second to think of this. <laughs> China. China will definitely be up there. I, I hope she does go in. I really do, because, I mean, yes, she, we talked about it earlier, but, yes, she had, you know, all the drug issues and everything, but she still deserves to go in, because she did so much. I, I think China will be one. I would like to say Undertaker, but I don't think he will be, I think he'll wait until he's completely retired before he goes in. So I'll say 
China will be up there, and I will say the like the headliner, the guy who closes the show, will be Daniel Bryan. I was gonna say Daniel. Like it's been it's been a little soon, but that guy definitely. I mean, that guy deserves to be in just for how much everyone loved him. I he thought got, it might be too soon, but that's, that's a good name. I love that. He got Attitude Era crowd reactions. I do every oh god, I guess like WrestleMania. Like I said, I've. I wasn't watching it for a good couple of years there. I came back at um, around WrestleMania 30, and when he won the championship at WrestleMania 30, that was pretty emotional. That was that was that was a great. Loved it. Absolutely. I've heard a lot about him. I haven't been able to see him yet. I'm still back in the. Like I was telling Derek today, I we were watching WrestleMania 10. We're working our way up, but I mean, I've heard a lot about him, especially him with um. That little boy that um, had passed away recently. Yeah, I think his yeah. name was Connor. Yeah, Connor. Yeah. Connor, do it for Connor. Yeah, but yeah. I, I've seen a lot of stuff on him. I just haven't been able to watch him wrestle yet. So it, that is one cool thing I think that WWE does now. That Warrior Award, and when they uh, it, it goes to someone you know who was like a fan and also like you know, overcame some type of odd or it was like to recognize, you know, someone who had like the warrior spirit or whatever. When they did that whole Connor induction and his dad was talking, I'm not going to lie. I cried during that. Yeah, I, that, that was just, I didn't even know nothing about it. That was one of the toughest things that I've ever watched. I was at a house show and they showed that promo and I almost cried in the house show. I tried not to, <laughs> but it was, I was, I was close to it. That's something that I'll give WWE all the credit in the world for is them doing all the Make-A-Wish foundations and all the charity work that they do. Like that is definitely a plus of them becoming more, you know, family friendly. Is them doing that type of stuff? Because I mean, John Cena is the most requested athlete in the history of Make-A-Wish, more than like any NBA player or NFL player. It is. It's kind of insane to think about. Like he's granted so many wishes, and like others have too, like Daniel Bryan, um, you know, so many others. Yeah, like I said, I haven't checked in a while, but last I saw, Cena had done the most charity work through Make a Wish, like of everybody. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's probably still there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, is there anything else that you guys wanted to add uh, before we get out of here? Um. I'm just, uh, like I said, I really appreciate all these guys do um, that came to the house show. I actually met a couple of those guys just on the street. And I'm just like, you guys are out here working, you know, playing your characters, doing your thing. I, I really just appreciate it more than anything. I don't really complain. I enjoy the show. Um, you know, tag team. I feel like the tag team now is the goofiness that we used to get back in the day. Like everyone in tag team is silly now. But I just, if you ever see these guys on the street, they're super nice. Like I got like three pictures and none of them complain. None of them put up crappy face those i love it and these guys you know they don't give me a reason not to love it so i just appreciate everyone who does it and it's awesome to be a fan dude like there's a lot of closet wrestling fans like there's no need to be because we were watching a pay-per-view at a bar and about 20 people came up and started watching it with us out of nowhere it's like you know if you like it embrace it enjoy it you know i'm going to night of champions in september and i'm really excited because i haven't been to a pay-per-view in my entire life so you know, if it's your passion, enjoy it. Don't have to pretend like you don't. Not really any questions or anything. I just I kind of want to thank you, Derek. I had been out of it for so long, and just you, you're you you're always talking about wrestling and 
you really got me back into it and just seeing that I can enjoy this with my family too. So thank you for, for getting me back into it and uh, inviting me to be on the show with you again. No, absolutely. I, I think we should do this, you know, at worst every like other month or something because th- this was a lot of fun to do. And I know Nick had a really good idea of, of like a show we could do where we take like a like a storyline or an event that happened and we do like a what if scenario. I'm down for all of it. I love everything you do and everything Nerd Cave does. Like I'm down for any of that, dude. I love it. I love all of it. So we'll we'll definitely have to uh, to come up with something and maybe do it in like the next month or so because I think that would be great. I mean, for sure. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show. It was fun. I appreciate it. Thank you, Derek. My thanks again to Nick and Adam for coming on the show to talk wrestling, and don't forget to check out Adam Gumbert's podcast, The Mike Kings. And also, don't forget, you can check out past episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond, and the show page is at DDE underscore podcast. And that's all I've got, so enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. Thank you.